Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Put Me For Podcast, episode 93. I am your host, Andrew Gomez, a.k.a. The Mez, joined today by my lovely, wonderful, beautiful co-host, to my right, he is the 10th wonder of the world, the puncher of walls, super dick party himself, dickalicious himself, Richard Garcia. Dickalicious is in the house. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. oh we're doing just fine. Um, a lot, lot to get into this week, guys. Um, a little early. Uh, we will be far away from Los Angeles uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, we'll be in a cabin in the woods. So if you're a murderer, do not come there because that's where we're going to be. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, dude. I'm We're talking excited. about you, Dortmer. Yeah, <laughs> remember that, dude. Remember Christopher Dortmer? Dorner, Dorner, close enough, right? He, uh, you're thinking Dortmund, the uh, the soccer team in Germany. Uh, but anyways, uh, we went up there the same weekend. They found him in Big Bear, which isn't too far away from where we're going to be. That's true. That's true. And you actually, well, we didn't reveal the exact location. But, but yeah, we did go up there several years ago up to um, up to the San Bernardino Mountains. And uh, during that time, there was a there was a cop killer who was out uh, running about running amok in the Los Angeles area. Writing manifestos. Writing manifestos. And uh, he had his hideout in that area. Uh, like you said, not too far from where we're at. And, the, and unfortunately, it didn't end very well for him. Uh, my cousin, who was uh, a cop, uh, was on the task force for that. Oh, interesting. Um, which is pretty crazy that how close he was to that all that action. Don't know if he killed him, but uh, he definitely was there. Um, but yeah, cop killers. Great way to start the show. Uh, lots shout to out to our cop friends. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all the blue lives do matter. Blue lives matter. Uh, including the blue man group. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, anyways, <laughs> off to a great start, I feel like. Um, but yeah, so we're not gonna be able to cover SmackDown this week because this is being recorded on a Thursday. Um, but I mean, we got, maybe we got a surprise or two in store this week. Um, but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna break down Raw, NXT, NAW, and then we'll maybe try to pick up any, if anything big happens, which they're advertising on SmackDown. Goldberg is going to be there to throw down a gauntlet for Saudi Arabia money. You're right. Since we're not since we're not covering SmackDown, maybe we'll give away our predictions as far as what could possibly be going on with Goldberg and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, um, I feel like it's at this point it's just a, a chance for the old timers to come back and uh, make a little bit of money real quick. That's basically what the Saudi show is. Uh, it's equivalent to WrestleMania, apparently bigger than or or uh, equivalent to WrestleMania is what they told us in the past. We've heard that before. Oh, man. You know what other things we've heard before? What? We've heard us talk about our sponsors. hey yo. Sometimes I just find these segues, and I find the lane to get into. And uh, today's no different. So. Exactly. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors this week. Give it up to LapelYeah.com. If you've ever been in the market for some wrestling merchandise, look no further. Go to LapelYeah.com. Use our promo code PUTMEOVER. And in turn, that website will put you over, and you'll get 20% off your entire order. Act fast. Uh, there's some Royal Rumble merch going up. Uh, I think it's up or it's gone already. Uh, but make sure you check them out. A lot of cool stuff on that website. Also, make sure you go to GrudgeMatchBrandApparel.com and GrudgeMatchBrand on Instagram. Um, and again, more hot fire, more cool shit coming out from these guys. Um, they're, they're unlocking the vault once again for a very, very limited time. So make sure you go to their website. And, uh, and check them out because they put nothing but high-quality mashups of music and wrestling. What more could you ask for? The Rock rock and Wrestling Connection is alive with Grudge Match Brand. Uh, so make sure you go check them out. 
Also, make sure you go to our website, PutMeOver.com, for all of your PutMeOver merchandise wants and needs. Uh, use our promo code Kofi Forever, Kofi, the number four, and the word ever, and you'll get 20% off your entire order. Get a, get a picture with my face on it, or get a picture with Dick's face on it. Get a picture with Byron's face on it. That, that'll be like kind of like a retro shirt. There you go. Throwback. Throwback <laughs> Thursday. Remember that guy? Or even Bobby, speaking of throwbacks. Ooh, throwback. Hey, now. Get a picture with one of our faces on there. Come on. Uh, you, you, if you do, go on Instagram, tag us, and yes. uh, you'll be entered in a drawing for extra swag. Um, I just made up that contest right now, but first person that does I like it. That, I like that idea. First person that does it will get a very uh, rich package from the Put Me Over guys. Um, we never did get an update from the person that won our Put Me Over shirt. I forget his name. I don't remember. Oh, King Savage. That's there we the go. guy that there won. There we go. I uh, don't think he listens to the show, um, but he never took that picture for us to post on our Instagram. So that sucks. King Savage, if you're listening, we're still waiting on that picture, buddy. That was a, a 2019 move. Anyways. Um, new decade, new us, though. We're willing to, we're willing to put, that, put that past and we'll, put that picture up. We'll leave the memories alone. Was that uh, leave the memories behind? Leave the memories was behind. Shawn Michaels? Oh man, I think so. It was like a tribute song, like for like a package of his. Leave the memories behind. Anyways, talk about throwback. <laughs> um, with that being said, guys, let's get into the news. Let's get into some dicks, dirty news. What? Take it away, boys. Boys, the boys. Bake them away, boy, toys. Boy, boys. Oh. So um, we did talk. I don't think we talked about this last week, but um, some so there was a couple of signs that did happen this week. Um, two in particular that have been very pretty big names. Um, Killer Cross, uh, we mentioned, has, was a free agent a while back. He did get his contract released from TNA, or I'm sorry, Impact. Um, not much of a secret since his girlfriend Scarlett Bordeaux is in the, the Performance Center um, already. So it was a natural move for him to go to WWE. And uh, Timothy Thatcher, um, and Timothy Thatcher is kind of a weird, um, a weird signing in a way that he's been on WWE's radar for the past five years, but he did not want to go to WWE. Instead, he wanted to go to Japan, and he wanted to um, finally, like you know, have a career in Japan. It's kind of like where you you you're trying to get there with this, or you're trying to get with this chick for so long, yeah, and it um, and you you're, you're and it doesn't work out. And then for whatever, and then finally, like, it's like, all right, well, I give up. I'll, I'll be with you. It's kind of <laughs> like, it's got the consolation prize. Like, all right, it didn't work out. I, I would probably attest that to, like, uh, soccer players. Uh, they want to go play in Europe. Yeah. But uh, they're, they're not up to snuff, so they got to settle for MLS. That's a, that's a better analogy right there. That's, that's, a, that, that's, that's kind of it right there. Not that I'm saying that WWE is the MLS or anything like that, but it's just... But Sometimes you got to give up on your crush. Right. You got to give up on your crush to finally go with where you're, you know, where you're needed. Um, but they're both big signings for these guys. Um, we don't, I don't know what the plan is for Killer Cross is. Um, I think he's, he's got the, he's got the look to be on the main roster. Um, the question is, what are they going to do with them? Like, what can they do to make the most of them? Because we've seen these signings come in. We've seen where the, on paper, you know, they got the look. I mean, EC3 is a, a, a good example where he looks, like a million bucks, he has all the attributes, but yet they don't do anything with them. Yeah, and that that's that's something that I was thinking about when I heard the news that uh, Killer Cross. Um, I don't really know too much about Timothy Thatcher, but Killer Cross in general uh, was like the hottest free agent um, that both AEW and WWE were trying to sign. 
Um, why can't AEW lock down these big names uh, once they're available? You look at uh, Marty Skrull, you look at Killer Cross, and I feel like there's just maybe AEW is not the place that everyone wants to go to. That's true. And also at the same time, you know, not everyone wants to go to WWE. Um, I think now that you have a you have a, a, a landscape where it's not just one brand or not just two brands, you have multiple outlets. Um, you know, I think in Marty Skrull's mind, you know, he, the fact that he was um, in, and it's not just like, it's with what these companies are dealing with, throwing a, throw an exorbitant amount of money, um, lucrative offers. In this case, with Marty Scrow, they're giving him the opportunity to book. Like, here you go. You're going to be booking yeah. the shows from now on. Um, he's not going to get that in um, AEW, at, at least as a head booker. Like, he would get creative control. He'll get some sort of creative control, but maybe not as lucrative as what Ring of Honor had to do to keep him there. And there's no way he was going to get creative control in WWE. That, that just wasn't going to happen. So. And this goes along with, 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 with the greater saying, like, as far as, like, the free agency out there. There's plenty of opportunities for these wrestlers to go anywhere. where to, And it's not just money. Um, you know, Marty Scrolls with, with creative control. There's just plenty of opportunities out there. It's not just going to one setting. Yeah, and that's that's something that, that I'm thinking, like, with, with WWE, um, we're talking about the, ML, like, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. WWE in the, the United States is the place to be. I mean, we complain about them a lot, but really when you look at the machine that they are, uh, they're they're on a, a whole different scale than everybody else. They are the largest wrestling company in the world. Um, so you know you put that into into effect, and you know people, especially people that grew up wrestling fans, their dream is to be on WrestleMania. Um, so signing to WWE right away would be the easiest way to get there. Absolutely. So I mean, I don't blame the guy. Um, but now he's with his girlfriend, Killer Crosses, uh, Scarlett Bardot, and you know that that seemed to me like that was going to be where he wanted to go. Absolutely, and he d- said in interviews that he never had a meeting with Triple H, and that the rumors were false. I mean, that's just. I mean, of course, you know, you you would have to say something like that because you don't want to kill your own. You deal. don't want to kill your own deal, exactly. So it, it was the writing was on the wall. I think it was the worst kept secret um, right now that he was going to go to WWE. It was all there. Good for him. So let's just see what happens. Yeah, and hopefully him and Scarlett stay together because if they if they do break up, that it's weird to work with your ex. I think it it is. It's professional wrestling. Hopefully that doesn't happen to be the case. CC uh, Matt Hardy and Lita. Did you hear about that by the way? What? How how they broke up? How how her and Edge got together? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's very well documented. Uh, there's a, a a thing on the network uh, that kind of talks about it. I think I think it's on a network. I saw it on YouTube. YouTube. Someone on YouTube did like a three-part series on it. I, I forgot who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was it, was, right. it was on YouTube. I happened to watch it the other day, and I was just like, damn, dude. Like, that is... I didn't I didn't know a whole lot about that, actually. Like, I didn't know, especially where um, Edge and Lita, they were traveling together, and Edge actually, like, you know, I, he quote-unquote fell in love with Lita, and Matt was on SmackDown at the time. He wanted to come to Raw, and to be on the raw brand to work to be with Lita only to realize that hey something's up and yeah Lita had a burner phone she had a burner phone <laughs> yeah that's um uh Matt found all the voicemails and uh it, it, yeah that uh, that must have been terrible to find uh especially cuz he was like he was already like suspicious a little bit um and she was like no no nothing's happening and then sure enough something was happening something indeed was happening and it ended up costing Matt Hardy his job at the time yeah Fired him, brought him back, um, and then they worked an angle that was probably the best angle of the year, because it was real. It was. You're right. I remember that angle. Like, and uh, and, the f- and when he came back, he got a huge pop. 
big time because everyone kind of knew what was going on. He called in. I think there was like a there was a show kind of like uh, equivalent to Livewire. Yeah, uh, where Matt Hardy actually calls in, and uh, it turns out that it was a very w- well worked uh, shoot, uh, work shoot. Um, so the, they were planting seeds for it, and then when he came back, like yeah, the house exploded. It, that's true. And then um, after that, like um, Lita just was not the same after. Like she felt like. They, people, the fans were slut shaming her, calling her names, and and and, and during that time, I mean, she drew massive heat. Um, oh yeah, because I think she leaned in, leaned, leaned into it pretty hard. She after did that actually. Too. She 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 said like that was one of the reasons why she ended up leaving was because the fans were just driving into her way too hard. You remember what she wore to the wedding, dude? The, not only the, the <laughs> who can forget the wedding and then the live sex celebration. Oh, on when top of that, when the boob got exposed on yes. TV. that was a uh, thank you, Kevin Dunn, for that moment. That's one of the few things Kevin Dunn did right. <laughs> um, not like missing the spear, obviously. Of course. Um, so, yeah, back to Killer Cross. Good for him. Hopefully, you know, they find a, a place for him in NXT. I feel like just NXT, they're just hoarding people at this point. There's they're so hoarding many talent. people. And uh, WWE in, in a, as a whole is just kind of hoarding people. And I think that's the problem is that they're hoarding talent because they're afraid that they don't want to be signed off to another uh, to, to a different competition. And they don't know what to do with the talent they already have. And, and um, this segues into um, the earnings report. Uh, this morning, WWE did have their uh, quarter earnings report, the much-anticipated earnings report for uh, 2019 for the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not going to get into it. Um, if you want to listen to it, it's about 50-plus minutes. It's, it's available on their website. It's available on all sorts of forums. Um, long, sh- long story short, um, Vince was asked multiple occasions, as far as what happened with um, Michelle Bar- Michelle um, Wilson and George Barrios, the two top guys in the WWE. The co-presidents. Right, the two of the highest agents within uh, the corporate structure. And we reported last week that they were removed from power. Um, Vince did say in the conference call as far as why those two were removed, he did mention that um, there were differences as far as how they visioned the company. Um, and it is speculated that Barrios and Wilson wanted to try to, generate as much revenue as much profit as they can um i.e minimizing the the cost and then trying to maximize um the gains from it huge contracts probably they probably vince probably got a lot of trouble for offering edge so much money yeah and this is where we're going to come with 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 that because vince had um whoa hold on wait hold on wait a second oh hi mark wait a second ladies and gentlemen wow we have a special guest joining the show who joins us oh my god the $100 man is in the house. Look at him and all his beauty. And he brought White Claws. Hey, thanks for the gift. Ooh, sh- show's going show's gonna to about to pick up. Business is about to pick up, as JR would say. Uh, did you grab those headphones? No, I didn't know where they're at. Um, they are on the little thing under the TV. Unless there's a pair right there, maybe. Uh, I am here. Ladies and gentlemen, the $100 man, Bobby Diaz, is in the house. <laughs> Welcome back, by the way. I said we were going to have surprises early in the show, and you guys didn't believe me, but here he is. What a lovely, familiar voice to hear. Yes, it's great to be back. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying my uh, four-day weekend. Ooh, four day. Oh, I, we, I, I told him we're going to be indisposed for the weekend. Oh, we're dying this weekend for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, we, we were just talking about the earnings call for... Uh, WWE and Vince on the phone. So uh, keep keep us in the loop on that, Dick. So um, 
it, it's speculated as we were as we we're saying speculated as far as the creative differences between um, Vince McMahon and uh, the two top uh, lieutenants within the company. Um, Barrios and Wilson wanted to create as much profit as they can. Vince Vince's main priority was to try to keep the talent from signing away from these heavy contracts and in competition. Um, i.e. in this case AEW yet he didn't mention AEW was their direct competition which I found funny during that prefer- that, that, that that conference call he was asked multiple times about AEW and he said that it was not they were not competition rather but that statement kind of like and that speculation and that thought process kind of contradicted what he was saying throughout the call I feel like that's Vince posturing uh, he doesn't want to give them any credit at all Absolutely uh, that, not. That's, that's the way you got to play it, I feel like. I feel like if you if you acknowledge them, that makes them a little stronger, especially during your earnings call. Um, for you. So I think the move was to just be like, nah, they ain't shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You got to, sh- I mean, he, he's got to bi- get that big schlong right on the table. Yeah. Ain't nothing. Actually, we do have the audio from, uh, we have a couple clips of the audio from, I don't know if you guys want to hear it. Uh, oh, sure. Vince, oh, Vince just talking about him. Okay, go for it. Um, so I'm going to press play. Okay, here we go. This is Vince uh, during the call. God damn it! Who brought up AEW? AEW ain't shit. I'm gonna crush them. I'm gonna kill them. They ain't nothing to me. So that was what Vince said on the on the thing. So uh, I mean, obviously he got rattled for sure. He he did. Uh, that that was um, that is uh, very Vince like right there. I gotta I'm say. gonna play a little more. Go for it. That goddamn Tony Khan. He thinks he can come in and ruin what I've built. Oh no. We're going to go to Saudi Arabia, visit a couple of his relatives, show them how things are really done. God damn, Vince got really personal there. I don't know. I, I'd feel a little weary if I'm a stockholder right there with that comment. <laughs> Dude, he's, he, they struck a nerve by just saying AEW. Wow. I, apparently, Vince, uh, they do make a difference, but, uh, you know. Uh, what, what else happened on that call, Dick? Um, he did mention several times during the uh, conference call that because uh, they were he was asked about the XFL, which is going to be... Um, debuting in less than two weeks correct oh yeah home op- uh actually this weekend is the first game this weekend wow so, yes so it, we're gonna be watching that while we're up in our cabin. so on the eve of uh the uh season premiere of the xfl he was asked about the xfl and he mentioned that they're both two separate entities and that he wants to keep them as separate as possible um so which i i, I which i found pretty interesting about that and one thing that really struck that i i felt was a interesting quote that he said was uh, he did mention that there's no better time as of right now to exercise the selling of our rights. Um, that could mean a lot of things, but it seems like that he's that they were floating the idea of selling their content or their um, their big shows off to other OTT or over the top entities such as Disney, ESPN, Fox. Um, and a perfect example of this would be selling off WrestleMania to Fox. I'm just saying as an example, not that it's going to happen, but um, it's speculated that. It could possibly be a situation that they may think about doing. That could hurt the network. That would definitely hurt the network, number one, because the whole idea of the network was to have all their, their shows, their live events, really, they have their own network on there just in case they have no network whatsoever to air it. Now they have like this lucrative TV offer, two lucrative contracts from two major networks. Three if you count Saudi Arabia. If you don't, Not including Saudi Arabia, but, but I'm just saying with, with uh, Fox and USA. N- NBC, Universal, these five-year contracts are over $2 billion. So as far as money, they're making profit left and right. Keep in mind, I mean, that's just the TV. That's just the TV, right? That's not counting merch and gates and all that shit. And that negates overall like, with, with, the, with, the, with the losses. They seem like they've hit in a decline as far as the profitability from everywhere else. Like live events are down. 
They're doing less house shows. So, the, of course, the live attendance is going to be down. The money from the live shows are going to be down. Pay-per-view is going to be down. It's all offset by the network. That's one thing to learn from is that these TV contracts, WWE's in the clear for many years to come. But the rest of, like, the earnings from everywhere else is not looking very good. I kind of I like that, though. Like, wh- what if they did, like, three major shows on Fox? You know, three major pay-per-views. Like... I mean, maybe they're smaller ones, maybe, like the ones that don't matter too much. I don't know if they'd be able to do it live. I think that would be the problem, because Fox isn't going to run eight hours of WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, that. Well, I'm saying like maybe like well, a three hour or something, you know? They, like, they would have to say, you could do it, but it'd have to be no more than four hours. Yeah. Um. So maybe air it like the next night on Fox or something like that. Um. Actually, I, I have, because these are earnings from the quarter four, right? Fourth quarter of 2019. Kofi was champion. Okay. I actually have, because it works out, the way Vince McMahon said it on the call, I actually have the audio uh, from that part. Uh, if you guys if you guys want, want me to press play on it. Uh, definitely. I Go for it. I, I, yeah, I want to hear this. Okay, pal. So let, you got to listen to me. Ratings are down. We all know this. But what you don't understand is we had the belt on Kofi Kingston at the time. And he is black. And that put just... People don't like that, obviously. That's why it took us so long to put the championship on him. I'm going to bring in my my representative here, and he's going to explain a little bit better because I, me being Vince Kennedy McMahon, I uh, can't, can't put into words the way that I need it to be. So here's my representative. Well, let me tell you something, Jack. Hulk Hogan here is going to explain why Kofi Kingston didn't really work as being a legitimate ratings draw, brother. And when I say brother, you know what I really mean, Jack. Anyways, Hulk Hogan here, Bogokster in the house. Kofi Kingston is the problem, Jack. And that's why we took the title off of him. We put it on a real man like Brock Lesnar, dude. And you, you see all the ratings now. They're going up. That, we're going to leave quarter four in the past. And the only reason why is because we had a black champion at the time, dude. So when you guys think about it, it's going to get better now. Yeah, that's right, Jack. It's going to get better. Thank you, Hulk, for your kind words and your your uh, your knowledge and wisdom. Interesting part of that phone call. Good wow. Lord. I wonder why their stock is so down at the moment. That is... Uh Wow, I, I'm 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 speechless. I cannot believe he. I mean, but doesn't he have a point? Um, I mean, I don't know if the timeline really matches up. No. Um, but if you're gonna put the blame on someone, put it on someone that you've been, um, you know, marginalizing for years. Oh, definitely. It's well, the easy because because why not? Why why the hell not? <laughs> um. So what else? God, it's just I don't know how to segue into that. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, like I said, long story short, it, overall it seems like they're making money left and right with with the TV deals, but everything else as far as profitability goes, it's all in a decline. It's it's not very healthy right now. Which stockholders they see that like okay, they're they're generating revenue from one source of income and not from everywhere else. Everywhere else does not look very good, so, which is why we they, we saw the. The WWE stocks take a hit last week, and they're kind of at a decline at the moment right now. Well, when you shake up the the, the presidents of your company, um, that's going to cause some, you know, this, it's going to reflect in people's like 
investment. Trust, trust, trust. within the company. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. This is kind of shaky. They just fired their top execs. We got to maybe sell now, um, which is a probably a good time to buy. Oh, definitely. It went from a hundred to like fifty dollars. And share. this was over. This was over a year ago. Yeah. Where before they, right when they announced the TV deals, WWE stock did hit an all-time high, of close to a hundred dollars a share. And um, the speculation being was that it was going to stay consistent, and that these TV deals were going to attract new fans, thinking that it was going to be a new golden age of wrestling. Oh, where's Byron on that one? Where, I, well, he, didn't he say? Oh, this Fox deal is gonna blow them out of the water. They're gonna be so good. Remember, they're that? gonna get a new market. Blah blah blah. People there, there were certain fans that said that. I and I, I didn't, I didn't think that was gonna be the case because it's just too much wrestling at the moment. It was, it was not a hot product when they signed the TV deal, and when new fans watched. I mean, look at the debut of SmackDown on Fox. It drew four point four million, over dude. four million viewers, not including DVR numbers. Yeah, I wonder where it's at now. Half of that, like half. The point being. They were not able to keep that group. No, uh, they saw the show. They did not like it, and they just they went away and they watched something else instead. And this is why we're uh, we're seeing not only fan interest being at a, really at an all time all time low, not since the nineties. They're not creating new fans. Um, WWE stock. I, I went ahead and checked before we went on at at, at the close of business today. Their stock is at forty four dollars a share. Ooh. So less than half what they were about a year ago with these TV deals. But see, what's crazy is they're still buying wrestlers. They're still trying to gain a market by taking wrestlers away from other companies. Apparently, Edge got offered $9 million for three years. That's insane. And yeah. I heard he was only going to wrestle like He's four, like so like. Ten times or something. He like that. should. He's have like a Lesnar schedule. Why not? I mean, I don't need to see him on the on on the show every week. I don't need to see him on TV every week. He's definitely earned that money. He's, he's earned that money throughout the years. And 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 look at look at the revival. They've been they're offering them half a million dollars each each year for them to stay in WWE to do absolutely fucking nothing. They have the so money for that. That so would be what two and a half million dollars. Two and a half million dollars each. So five million dollars over a span of five years for the tag teams. To pretty much sit on your ass and do nothing. Yeah, to uh, maybe do some Usi hot. I don't want to say sit on their ass, but to be like in a situation where they're creatively, where it's creatively unsatisfying for them. Oh yeah, that's that's really where where it comes down to. Do you want to stay with them and get the guaranteed money, or do you want to actually wrestle? Do you want to go somewhere else and you want to get those creative juices going? Um, Booker T he did chime in on uh, the revival situation on his um on his Hall of Fame podcast. Mentioned that if I'm the revival. I'm gonna take that one one million dollar a year contract for 15 years and shut up and just enjoy it and just actually just take the money. Money doesn't equal happiness. It, it doesn't equate equate happiness. I mean, I, and, and for that I call kind of bullshit on Booker T because at Booker T, you know, he's a wrestler. He's 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 a he's a competitive guy. If you're there for for a certain amount of time and you're just going through the motions, it's only a matter of time to be like, okay, I'm tired. I'm bored. I want to do something else instead. Let's let's see what else we can do. And I never I didn't really buy that statement. I don't think he bought into I don't think he believed what he said because there's literally nowhere to go um, than WWE. Once you're locked in that contract, there's no more like because, you know, you work for so long. You you want a promotion, right? Eventually you're in your job. You hate it, but you're hoping, you know, what, I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to make my situation better. Right. In this situation, there no. is no promotion. Yeah, you're stuck. You're there. stuck there. But like it. It's something for him to say when he was wrestling. Like, he didn't have a fucking option. His option was WWE. That's fucking it. You yeah. either stay there or you just don't wrestle at all. 
Because what else was there? New Japan? He's going to go to New Japan? No. Are you, t- no. are you talking about Booker T? Yeah. I mean, at the time, there was just WWE. Because WCW folded, where else was he going to go? And I think the Revival can make almost that much money um, if they wanted to do like a like a Jericho-type schedule where he can still work Japan, maybe some indie dates, um, still work. I know Jericho doesn't do indie dates, but they could probably work in a clause where like they're like, we want to work Japan, we still want to work indie dates. They could probably and get signed to AW for the, a lot of money. The potential of a more flexible schedule, it could outweigh the guaranteed money for them. I mean, and this is something the Revival, they need to ultimately make that decision of what they want to do. Do they want to sign for the money? Do they want that guaranteed money for five years? Or do they really want to live up to what they've been claiming as to bring back the tag team division? That's up to them. At the end of the day, they got to make that decision. I hope they leave. Yeah. I hope they leave. I mean, I, I hope so, too. Dude, the Young Bucks and the Revival? You oh, you look at the... Fuck. Especially in AEW, they have a solid tag team division. And just by adding the Revival, you can look at all the potential dream matches that is possible. And not just in AEW. They would fit in well in NWA because they yeah. they scream NWA when you look at Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Um, what else we got, Dick? Pretty, I mean, that's pretty much it as far as the news goes. I mean, this it was dominated by the uh, quarter earnings, by the quarter earnings report. And um, that's basically what, 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 the, what this news was dominated by. Um. Let's go into Raw. Yeah, I guess we can we can get into Raw. I was going to talk about the Andrade issue. He failed a drug test. He's suspended for 30 days. But apparently that's not the full story. Um, the full story is, from what I'm hearing for our sources, is that Andrade just didn't go to the drug test. He was, he was away in Mexico. He couldn't make it to the deadline that they set for him. So they suspended him. Same thing that happened to Primo Colon last year uh, when he got suspended for 30 days. Um, I think pa- same thing happened to Paige, too. And what sucks is WWE never clears up anything. They don't say what they were suspended for. Right. So th- it leaves the public to kind of wonder, like, oh, shit, he's doing drugs. You know oh, what I mean? It was the picograms for sure, dude. Picogram. Maybe it was bad meat from Mexico. For sure. <laughs> for all, for all, for all we know. But for, for those that don't know, if, if you follow Andrade on Instagram, he did post a picture of him with his mother in, um, in the operating room. So it looked like he, he had to leave to 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 um, for a family emergency and in that situation they should have known better like hey you know this guy has to take care of some stuff he's on a leave let's wait till he comes back so we can go ahead and give him uh, give him a drug test instead of calling him back early early enough for yeah. that which 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 is a fucked up reason to, for for that to even be suspended let alone to call someone in for a drug test when they're trying to take care of a situation like that yeah so uh, with that said, we can get into Raw. So, shouts out to Andrade. I knew you were a good guy. <laughs> um, Raw was in Salt Lake City, and it looked like they had a pretty bad blizzard at the time. Uh, Governor almost shut down all the roads because it was so bad. Um, but they still had a good sellout crowd, it looked like, from uh, wherever they were in, in Utah. In Salt Lake City. And, y- yeah, for it being for them being snowed in, given the circumstances, uh, the crowd was hot from beginning to end. Um, how how was Raw? I... I I, I watched it. Don't remember a lot of it. Um, I know Randy Orton came out and uh, kind of trolled the crowd a little bit, but um, kind of just put on put on a face that like says that he's conflicted. Uh, what did you think about that? I, I think aside from 
it going a little too long, it was perfectly fine. Like he was trying to get a word in, and as he was trying to speak, the fans just booed. They just booed loudly. They did not give him the opportunity to speak. He did the Roman thing when he beat the Undertaker. Pretty much, it was equivalent to um to were Roman yeah to to that um scenario the day after WrestleMania, but he didn't even get a chance to speak, and he just walked out. Um, I just think it was a little too long, though. It did go on for yeah, a little too long for my taste. Um. But Orton does have massive heat, nonetheless. That's that he is like trying, trying to get that heat. heat. Well, I mean, you attack, you attack Edge. That's what's gonna happen. What did you think of it? Oh, you didn't watch that, Bobby. But that's what's going on right now. Yeah. Did you see the concerto I, last week? No, I have. I haven't been really keeping up with my, uh, the Kardashians. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. That. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm watching that every week. Um. But yeah. So Edge came back and Orton fucked him up with the concerto. Um. And Edge's hand shaking oh. when he got hit, and like he, they're really selling the th- the fact that like mm-hmm. his neck, his neck, his neck. Um, so I mean, Randy Orton is like the biggest heel right now in the company, uh, next to Lana. Who? Why did we get this match again? Groundhog Day. <laughs> I it is Groundhog Day. It was Groundhog Day for for this portion of Raw. Lana versus Liv Morgan again. Um, Thankfully, this time Liv did win. No more, no fifty-fifty booking. Get Liv over. This has got it. Well, I thought this was gonna be it. We thought this was it, but um, after after the match was over, Ruby Wright makes her return. Long awaited. I've long awaited. Yeah. Long awaited return. Beautiful. She makes My her girl. return, thinking that oh, we're gonna get the Riot Squad reunion, only to turn on Liv. Yeah. Um. I mean, I saw that coming. Uh, Ruby looks great. And um, is Ruby going to be like Lana's like hired gun now? Like, or where are we going to go with that? I mean, I like that I'm left with questions. But at the same time, I I, I want to get away from this Lana whole thing. I feel like Lashley's even wanting to distance himself from this. I don't blame I don't blame anyone wanting to distance themselves from this story, from the storyline. And now that you add Ruby Riot in here, um, I think this might end up hurting her instead of helping her. But we'll see what happens. Um but I mean, it's good to see Ruby right back in an extra piece into the women's division that is sorely needed. I did like her patch that she had in her jacket. It it was like Punk's not dead, but it was it said Ruby's not dead. Ooh, Riot's not dead. I need yeah. that. Yeah. I need that. So make that shirt WWE because that's dope. I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. Um, there was a six man elimination match between Kevin Owens, the Viking Raiders, and uh, Buddy Murphy in the ALP. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty good match all all along. I really liked it. I yeah. liked it too. Um. Basically, in the end, it was just too much for KO. Um, I think with the added distraction of Seth Rollins ringside, two massive spine busters and AOP, they come out on top. I uh, I have to address this because it drove me crazy. I had to go back and watch the match again because towards the end of it, well, during the whole thing, I just, I just wasn't keeping track. Um, the amount of times they said Monday Night Messiah drove me absolutely crazy. <laughs> I had to go back and rewatch it because I was like, I need to see how many times they actually said this. All right, so I, I wrote it down and um, I, I named my note Monday night. Must shut the fuck up. Um, Charlie in the interview before the match said it twice. During Seth Rollins' intro, just during the music, um, it was said three times. During the match, it was said, um, what is that? Twenty. How many times? Twenty-one did times, and then Charlie, right after the match, said it another time. By, so, by Tom Phillips, yeah, it was quite a bit. Uh, to, no, all of them. It literally Tom Phillips said Monday Night Messiah, and then 
finish his sentence, and then Jerry the King, like, and yeah, that's that's another win for the Monday night. Like, God damn it, dude. So a total of 24 times it was said during this one segment. Um, that's, that's obviously a Vince call. Vince is like, we need them to know. We need them to know he is the Monday Night Messiah. We, we get it. Give him the nickname now. We, um, we get it. Yeah, so that's just a little thing that I had to go out and do. I don't know how many times he said it throughout the show, which might even double what was counted on that one segment. But 24 times hearing three words over and over. And it's not the only segment Seth Rollins was in on yeah. Raw. So, yeah, I, I, it's probably over 30. Absolutely. And um, speaking of cringeworthy, um, Ricochet's promo with, Char- with Charlie Caruso, I, that was just... I, I love Ricochet. I think he's one of the great talents in the ring. This guy can go in the ring. On the mic, though, you can tell like he's, he's not comfortable on the mic. He's yeah, stuttering. He stutters a lot. He stutters a lot. He's, he's I, I don't know if it was maybe just that. Maybe he was doing it for effect, but definitely... It showed he was he was a little nervous on that. I don't think it was for effect because this is not the first time that he's done this. It's like where he does not feel comfortable on the mic. And you could see even when he was in on Lucha Underground, when he had that mask with Prince Puma in the beginning, he was accompanied with Conan. And Conan did a lot of the talking for him. Yeah, yeah. And my, we know why. My thing is, okay, WWE, they finally, they, okay, they, they got their, their training center. Uh-huh. You know, they got all this set up. You'd think they'd put a little bit more money into making these people like give promos and like learn how to give a promo. Well, don't they, get nervous and don't stutter stuff. Like you think they would learn from that? They had promos. They have promo school. Um, they have it's promo just classes. Some people aren't gifted on the mic. You can teach them all you want, but like you, it's the same thing for like uh, let's say you want to play baseball. You can have a batting coach. You can have like, but unless you have that God-given gift. You're not going to be as good as you know, like someone else. Well, definitely you won't be as good, but you there's got to be some movement to like make them a little bit better. Well, keep in mind they're very overproduced, so but it's not natural for them to recite lines. That's that's true, and get into like that. And, and that thing. and that is one thing that we sh- that should be considered as far as these these guys are not letting these guys talk naturally they have to rehearse from a script and when you're on camera you have the lights right in front of you you're going to tend to forget some lines it's, it's keep in mind they're probably getting that script an hour before can you mute that dog you owe me a, oh never mind i was gonna say you owe me a drink but she bought a whole case of white claw so that's yeah. fine um but, but uh, my thing is is okay i well i think that like because in nxt they don't really give that many promos Yes, but and then that also Ricochet kind of fast tracked into the main roster. He wasn't in NXT for very long. He was there for a good minute, for about a year. For yeah, a little under a year. I mean, compare that to Sami Zayn, who was there for like three years. Yeah, exactly. Or Finn Balor, like they were there for fucking long time. I, I just think with, with Ricochet, that is his weakness: is that yeah. his promo skills. It's it's like definitely his weakest part of his game. Also, like I said, since the script changes so much throughout the day, they're probably getting it. 15 minutes before they're live and that's they're having to learn and get into that mind frame of like, okay, remember you're, you're pissed off that, you know, no one is, uh, no one's thinking you're going to win this match. So you need to be kind of fired up for this and three, two, one, go. Um, it's, it's really a natural yeah. where if he knew the storyline going forward, it'd be a lot easier to convey yourself. Look at these AW guys. They talk on the mic. I mean, there are a couple outliers yeah <laughs> but they make up for that because they they know okay that's not their strong point let's get the mic away from them yeah 
Uh, the, the thing with AEW is that it, it's definitely not scripted. It, they let it's more free base. It's more free flowing. So that gives them the opportunity to like just speak what's on their mind. Yeah, you do have a script on here, and yeah, sometimes you know some people can they can they can they can do it on the whim. They could they have that ability, and not all these guys are actors. They're, they're trying to have that actor mentality where like I'm going to give you a script, you're going to rehearse it, you're going to play it off, you're going to do it word for word. And that's the problem is that not all wrestlers are actors. They're, they don't have that mentality or that talent where they can just do it on the whim. Only a certain amount are able to do that. Um, Ricochet in this case, I mean, he just he, he, he just couldn't, can, do couldn't do it, you know. And it's a glaring example of why I think you need to have a manager to have someone talk for you on your behalf, even more now. Yeah. Um, another thing that uh, happened on Raw, we had the debut of Angel Garza. Who we were wondering why he lost the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, it's because WWE had bigger plans for him. Um, so he's going to be, it looks like he's going to be featured on Raw and NXT uh, because Andrade got hurt. They need to keep the Latino crowd happy. So we need another Mexican. Uh, so they call up um, Angel Garza, Garza. And he actually has a pretty good match with Rey Mysterio. The promo before the match, though, a little clunky, very clunky. Um, I, I I thought the crowd was pretty dead for this whole segment until Rey Mysterio came out. When Garza when Garza spoke, yeah, okay, I mean, he did a couple little things with the crowd that you know got a reaction, but I feel like um, I don't I don't know the crowd didn't really connect with him on this. I, I think the problem with that is you look at Garza when he debuted on Raw Monday, and then you saw him at NXT on on Wednesday. You had two different Garzas. You had the Garza on Wednesday was very passionate. He was very intense about wanting to get back the his cruiserweight championship and the crowd believed it here it's another example of we're going to give you a script and you're going to go off on it and it just didn't quite work out it, it, it didn't it didn't it didn't mix in well yeah and i think in that situation maybe you should have zelina zelina should have just done the talking all the way through for him and have him come out there and just you know he, he laid out he, he did lay out uh Carrillo, and then the match he had with um Rey Mysterio did end in a dq a la um, Hammerlock DDT on the concrete. I didn't like that. Why Why would that be a DQ? I've never seen a match end in DQ that way. You're right. It it's not like he used a chair or uh, was going, like, I don't I don't even think I saw the ref, like, telling him, if you do this, I'm going to disqualify you. Like, he a did little it. something like he, that would have gone He did it, actually. Um, and you could totally see the charisma difference between Garza and Korea. Oh, it's glaring. It's, um, I mean, now more than ever, now that these two are in the ring, you can see it's a glaring example. Uh, what else do we have? Well, uh, Rhea Ripley came out, but we didn't get any answers. Uh, it happened on NXT. It uh, was more so on NXT, you're right. The and number one contender's uh, fatal four-way match was Seth Rollins, triple Bobby, threat. or triple threat. Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Ricochet. Um, I thought, I thought this was okay. I thought Ricochet... You know, looked pretty good. Um, Seth Rollins still had AOP going out there and, and disrupting things. And then you had Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders. Like every, it's kind of a mishmash of a lot of things. Uh, but in the end, uh, Ricochet. I mean, the right the right guy won in that match. Lashley. There was no. There was no way they're going to do Lashley versus Lesnar at that moment. <sighs> I kind of want to see Lashley and Lesnar. Lesnar. They're both. They both have an MMA background. They do. They could make a, kind of a shoot fight, kind of. Um, but Ricochet is gonna work the best with. Oh shit! Me and me and Brock Lesnar got the same Asics. Dope. Um, they. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Brock Lesnar with a little guy 
always is the best match. 100%. Especially someone more, like... More often than not. Someone that's going to bump his ass off. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Someone like Ricochet who can sell and, like... He's a Mr. Flippy Flap, whatever, like going all over the, you know, the ring. Will this be a competitive match? I fucking hope so, man. Or are they going to just squash him outright and that's it? N- they can't do that to him. They can. They will. They absolutely oh, can. Oh, that, that'd be so sad. No, don't do that to him. Get, I, I, at it, least give me the AJ match. AJ and Dan O'Brien both had awesome matches with them. Yeah, I, I would love to see a, like a good, the, like, strong match where Lesnar is kind of like, you know, he's brought to his brought to his wits end, and then just all of a sudden he just you know hulks up and you know bashes him. He better but wear a cup. Yeah, that's <laughs> his that's his kryptonite. <laughs> but the problem the problem with that though is that Ricochet is not quite on the same level as AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan when it comes to um, the um, the tier list. Yeah, that's the, 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 really the tier list. And anything else, like he's not quite there. He's not quite at their level. The talent wise, he's 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 there. He's easily there but just not quite at their level. We'll see what happens in Saudi Arabia. I mean, out of the three people, you had to go with a new match. You had to go with that match for now. Well, and this is why fuck these Saudi Arabia shows. They're fucking up everything. We have a clear challenger in Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. The title is not going to change in Saudi Arabia. So the fact that they have to hype up this match, like there's a chance that Ricochet is going to win, is I feel like a waste of our time. Because he ain't winning. They're already building up McIntyre and and uh, Lesnar. Well, it's not a Saudi. Same thing with the Charlotte thing. It's it's not a Saudi Arabia problem as it is much so where you have all these pay per views going on in a row. Exactly. Look at the problem. Like what you mentioned, Charlotte. Um, on on um, she did she did advertise on Raw that she was going to go to NXT to confront Rhea Ripley, only for um only to find out that hey wait a minute there's a pay per view <laughs> going on next Sunday there's a takeover yep. going to happen. And Bianca Belair is like the odd person out in that situation. They should have held off on Rhea Ripley coming out on Raw. They should have held they off all of that stuff. They should have held off on Charlotte making that decision until after. After that. That's what they should yes. have done. But they, wh- why couldn't they do that? Oh, so it's my fault, huh? <laughs> it's Look my at fault. it closely. Look, Look at, at it closely. Um, but yeah, oh, Raw, was, Raw was okay overall. Uh, let's talk about uh, NXT or AEW. Let's go with, well, we're on the topic of NXT. We might as well go there. Let's go and talk about NXT since we're, we're already speaking about it. Uh, yeah, so uh, what did you think about the uh, the Broserweights? Uh, well, Matt Riddle's doing a how much fish can a fish, can Bobby Fish fry if fish could fry fish? Basically, Matt Riddle. He said it a lot. He said it a lot, and it, it he, God bless him, he has so much charisma. He he did his best to make it work, and the crowd actually went. It, the crowd played along, and it worked out uh, fine for him. Uh, so they debut with the in, in a in a golf cart with the dusty trophy on top of it, which I thought was pretty cool right there. Um, but you could tell like this is like the odd odd couple tag team. They're not fighting against each other. They're, they're somehow meshing, and um, they're ready to they're ready to take on Undisputed Era at Takeover. I love that they're really leaning into this Matt Riddle being a stoner gimmick. Uh, Mar Ronaldo in a, a uh, Maroism said, "Here's one guy that knows a lot about Super Bowls." <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, it's surprising that he actually got to WWE, knowing that he does smoke quite a bit. He, I, 
I don't know if he can still smoke. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that he does because I don't know if he would give that up just to join WWE. Yeah, maybe he has a clause like I get to smoke, bro, <laughs> just not on work days. You just uh, you could test me with a certain amount of THC in my body, and after that, I'll pay the fee. Uh, I'm sure they have some sort of agreement with that. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know how what the, what as far as the, their drug testing goes, as far as what it's allowed and what's not allowed. Um, I think we now is more tolerable than it was 20 years ago, than 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it, it's a different era. It's legal, bro. I don't know if it's legal in Florida. Well, it definitely is not legal in Florida. It's no. It's I don't more think so. tol- in a red state. No way. It, no way. A red state is going to turn green. It's more tolerable. <laughs> it's more tolerable. Hey. Uh, See what I did there? I see what you did right <laughs> I there. Like it. Um, it is more tolerable. It's in in more states now than it was before. Of course, if you know your your drug laws, it's still a federal crime. It's classified as a class one drug according to um, same level as heroin. To the national laws, same as heroin and cocaine. Cocaine. Um, but yet, cocaine. certain states like California, Nevada, Oregon, they they've legalized it for recreational use. So it seems like more employers are starting to look at it like, okay, well, we'll tolerate it a little bit more. We're not going to bust you out for pot, but we'll see what happens, though. But either way, the point being is that it's worked in favor of Matt Riddle for his gimmick, and it's worked out perfectly. Yeah. Um, after that, Angel Garza back on NXT. I thought that was I thought him and Swerve had a good match. Uh, Angel Garza getting the win. Um, and then uh, let's see. And you can, and I didn't mention a few minutes ago with Garza the glaring contrast with his style on NXT. He comes over as a babyface, and he and he wants to challenge um, Jordan Devlin for the NXT Championship. He wants to get that championship back. There's that passion that he had that wasn't really there when he debuted on uh, Raw. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird that they that they put it on Devlin because I don't know anything about the guy, but he actually really good on NXT. Um, he had a great match with uh, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze. That's who it was. Uh, but Tyler Breeze is just poor Tyler Breeze. <laughs> I mean, he, even an NXT jobs out, dude. God damn it! He's got the Dolph Ziggler treatment. Like he's he he's he, a great talent. He has a great look, but he's only there for a certain reason. By being so good, that's what happens to you. Yep. Because uh, Dolph Ziggler is amazing, and look what happened to him. Um, poor guy. I want to talk happened? to you. I want to talk to you about the um, the Finn Balor Johnny Gargano segment where they were yes. in the back. Um, they're kind of doing like the the the, the panel on panel interview. This is one of the best uh, Finn Balor segments I've seen really in WWE ever in I, WWE. In WWE, yeah. like he, he is so passionate about what he believes and why he came down. He wants to shed whatever ailment that was on Raw and SmackDown when he was on there. He he wants to prove that I am NXT and that. You're just copying me, and Gargano wants to have this fight because he, this is he wants to be the first Johnny Gargano, and not the new Finn Balor. So there was a lot of passion between both guys, even though it was scripted. I thought they did a great job of delivering both those promos. I felt like Balor believed every word he said. You have um, to, and you don't get that much from WWE. Um, so yeah, I'm super hyped for Gargano and Balor. Uh, we've never seen this fight in any tag, anything, right? No, this would be the first time they they've wrestled in WWE. Now, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's probably the first time they probably tangled in general, but definitely in WWE. So that I'm looking forward to that match. It's more of a, it, it definitely builds up the hype to to um, their match. Um, Donovan Dijakovic. I want to go into this match real quick. Uh, he did wrestle uh, Killian Dane. It was a big man match, but for a big man match, it was very good. Yeah, I I really liked it. I mean, Killian Dane with like the whole biker 
looking gimmick. I, I, I don't. I'm not a fan. I, 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 he looks like a jobber to me. It's, it's not working out. But of course, they're but not he focusing. Can he can go in the ring. He can go. They're just not focusing on him. He's just pretty much just there. He's jobber now. He's, he's an enhancement talent basically. Um, they're, they're, they're. Um, I think he's lost in the shuffle. When uh, Sandy, um, when Sandy broke up, he got lost in the shuffle. They don't know what, what to really do with him. And that goes back to the uh, the the uh, the amount of talent that NXT has. I mean, you look at a guy like Killian Dane or like a Don, Don, Donovan Dijakovic. Um, they have so many like potential main eventers. They're like big fish in a small pond. I think NXT could like really um, they could really uh, benefit from you know, giving up a couple guys to the main roster or, you know, moving on because there's just so much talent down there. Where do you put... Not everyone can, like, get a good storyline. On a two-hour show each week, mind you, that's a lot of talent to, to put on in two hours a week. Before, they used to only have an hour. Now it's two hours. Yeah, and especially because, I don't know, I feel like they're getting more and more vincified as the weeks go on, NXT doesn't have that same special feel that it had when it was one hour on the network. That's true. Um, real quickly, though, um, he, uh, hitting the feast you eyes on a 300-plus pound pan is impressive. That looks fucking gnarly. I mean, he, pu- he plucked him off the top He rope. did. Very um, impressive. Got him for the win. And um, Marl did announce that it's going to be Lee versus Dijakovic. I believe it's part four. This yeah. time for the North American Championship. Takeover's on a takeover, which... I'm glad because I am tired of them watching them two wrestle for free on USA. They needed to save that for a takeover. Yes. With the title on the line, I they will deliver 100%. Um, Charlotte appeared on uh, NXT, and um, let's just – I mean, her her boobs are out of control now. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Off, they, don't, they don't fit her. <laughs> They're, like, way too big now. I feel like uh, they, they it's unproportionate. Uh, on NXT, she was just, they were out. They were out on display. Uh, she came out, called out Ray Ripley. Bianca Belair came out, and uh, they, they, they talked. And a lot of disrespect was thrown towards Bianca Belair because this is the problem, that they rushed this whole Charlotte-Rhea Ripley thing, but they have a big match for Bianca Belair, who just had a great showing at uh, the Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, they. I don't know why they're they're rushing into this. Really cutting the knees off of Bianca Belair while she's running. Um, you know what would have been cool if she would have psyched out like, um, you know, uh, Becky Lynch or something like that. Oh, I'm gonna go after your belt. Just kidding, and then go back out and go to NXT. Or just say like, I'm gonna give my announcement at some point before WrestleMania, and then just. You know, have her avoid the question until we get a clear winner at this takeover. Because I feel like now they've already built Charlotte and Rhea. Yeah, you know it's Bianca's happening. just an afterthought. So that tells me uh, Bianca's losing this match. Oh, one hundred percent. They 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 blew their wad before they before it even happened. Like yeah. before it was even put in. That's called premature ejaculation. <laughs> hey yo. Uh, main event was Undisputed Era versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and Pete Dunne. Um, I, th- I thought this match was good. I didn't like the finish. Um, it was just, it ended a disqualification. It took like three segments just to get to this match. Um, so I, I wasn't it, a big fan it, of that. It was a long segment. I mean, before the match even started, they Beginning, were Beginning, middle, and end. They were they were brawling before the match started. Um, in the ring, um, they just, they, they had a good match. They had a good showing as always. It did end with uh, Roddy interfering and causing the DQ. They had a four-on-three beatdown. 
But um, in the end, though, Velveteen Dream makes his uh, comeback. He returns after a long, a pretty long hiatus. Definitely, Velveteen Dream coming back uh, was a huge moment. Got a huge pop from the from the crowd, and uh, he had a dream Dream Valley Driver on strong, and you know looks good at the end. He's coming. He so we're gonna get because they just finished their uh, North American feud uh, for the championship. Are we gonna get them kind of gonna go at it now? That seems like that's going to be the case for TakeOver. I mean, wh- that's the next logical step if you think about it. Sign me up. I'm down. Take- Velveteen was taken out by Undisputed Era, especially by Roddy. And Roddy's been pretty much been a dick ever since. <laughs> he took his belt and he wants it back. Like, Well, actually, he doesn't have the belt. I take that back. But there is a grudge between those two. So I think that's a possible match to have at TakeOver. Um, and yeah, TakeOver is looking awesome. It, it's what, next weekend? It is next weekend, yes. Okay. Um, and then I guess uh, we have NXT. Um, we actually AW. have AEW to talk about. AEW and NXT ratings wise, how how did they shake out, Dick? I mean, once again, AEW is beating NXT for the um in the in the ratings um for like the I don't know how many weeks it's been consecutively, but it's almost to the point where like it's a daily, it's a weekly thing. Like w- they're going to be beating them every week. Um, nine hundred twenty-eight thousand to seven hundred seventy thousand AEW to NXT. Uh, AEW has it, they increased their ratings from last week actually, almost a almost a million. I mean that, that's pretty huge. Um, keep in mind these do not include DVR numbers. Um, if you include the DVR numbers, uh, both these shows are are at least doing a million plus, which is great for for Wednesday nights. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean that's why NXT is having a call in. Charlotte and you know these big call-ups we're going to start seeing they they they're realizing that once they brought in the Survivor Series and they had the brands kind of intertwining with each other hey we got a little bit of a ratings bump right let's do that more often (laughs) um it's I mean they can only do that for so long it sounds like they have other problems than uh just calling them talent for that I liked AEW this week I don't know about you Dick but uh I had a good time with it um I like I like both shows this week AEW, I mean, th- I think between the two, I think I kind of enjoyed NXT a little bit more, but AEW is still a great show nonetheless. The two angles definitely um, did it for me as far as AEW. Um, in the beginning with... Um, with Well, actually, I take that back. The eight-man tag match and the uh, Cody MJF lashing, that really that, took it over. The, the Cody lashing was so uncomfortable to watch. Um, I thought they did a really good job at showing the pain in Cody's face. Uh, then, then he had his his coach come out and uh, Arn Anderson, his brother come out, the the elite come out. They're they're kind of just cheering him on to take these ten lashes, but the anticipation for each lash really, like, it was sad to watch. You could see the welts bubbling up on his back. His back was so red. Uh, Wardlow gave him probably the worst one on number nine. That one was bad. Um, it they really cemented the fact that MJF is an asshole. Um, and I can't wait for Cody to get his comeuppance um, against MJF. But he's still got a cage match against Wardlow uh, in two weeks, they've already announced. And that's another thing I like about AEW. They actually announced, they have like the next three weeks main events announced already. Um, so it's a great way to sell tickets and it's a great way to get the fans like excited for what's coming up next week where raw, they just kind of announce it day of, and you kind of don't know what's, I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen, but, uh, the anticipation isn't there, you know? Right. 
it's 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 a surprise when it when it you know when it's happening with eight with WWE. But not a good surprise. Yeah, no, it's and it's not a good surprise because it's like, wait, what? That's happening now? Wait, why? And then but with AEW, it's kind of put into the story and they create something from it over the weeks. Exactly. And it makes a for a better story. You know, yeah. So they can be like, you know, in two weeks in Atlanta, Georgia, I'll see you in the steel cage, which yeah. is what's going to happen with uh, AEW. Um, Moxley, uh, they changed up his eye patch. It looked it looked like a thong on his face to me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of did, actually. It, it did. I was like, dang, Renee, Renee giving him some underwear to wear. OK, some used ones, preferably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Smell good. Um, Definitely had pink eye. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> Uh, Moxley versus Ortiz. Uh, Moxley wins with the Death Rider, and after the match, the inner circle's all on the stage, and they're uh, doing commentary, and he looks right at them. Moxley does, and he pulls out the keys to the car that they gave to him. To the Ford the GT. GT. Pulls out the key, and he just looks at him and tells, he points at him and says, an eye for an eye, and just fucking shanks Ortiz right in the face. Um, so... Or no, uh, Santana, Santana. Um, so now next week we're gonna get Moxley versus Santana, um, eye for an eye match. So there'll be a total of four eyes with three people in the ring. <laughs> when are they gonna just call him Sagat? <laughs> Dude, I mean he looks badass. He looks like Solid Snake. He does actually. Or Sagat. Yeah. Um, just get that scar across the chest, dude. Like more people need eye patches in wrestling. I feel like. <laughs> Dude, I mean... It makes Moxie look badass. It, it makes him look like a fucking legit badass. Or the governor. Remember oh, the governor in the Walk yeah. Dead? Him too as well, Dude. yeah. Great people with eye patches these days. <laughs> um, What else happened? Um, Britt Baker and Yuka Sakazaki. I want to talk about this. Britt Baker is now the biggest woman heel in the company. Uh, she has a match with Yuka Sakazaki. And Yuka Sakazaki pulls out a... Uh, Surprise, not a surprise roll-up, but uh, gets her in a crucifix pin for the win. Uh, Britt Baker gets so pissed off at the end of this match, she puts Sakazaki's mouth on the bottom rope and kicks the rope. Uh, after that, her mouth is bleeding, and she pulls out one of her teeth and like lays it down, and she's bleeding all over the place. Um, that was vicious. That that made me uncomfortable because just the the idea of tooth injuries really makes my stomach turn. And I, of all people, should know that, by yes, the way. Yes. I, I know how tooth injuries go. It was it was an effective angle to get her over. It showed her that she's a dentist and like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'll pull your fucking teeth off after win. <laughs> I'll do what I can. I'll break your fucking tooth, dude. Well, now she can go see her to get it replaced. And make some money. There you go. <laughs> I know I know a guy if you need hey, to I know, get that I, face. I know a person. <laughs> I, I, know I know a, a person. A doctor. Doctor. <laughs> um, she's a doctor. After that, she put in the lockjaw. And you know how she puts her fingers in their mouths for like mandible claw she pulled out her fingers and there was blood on her fingers oh. it, it was it was nasty it, it was an effect it gross but effective uh it was an effective tactic eight man tag match this is one where I wanna, this is what i want to talk this about this is the highlight of the show this is the highlight of the show um frankie I mean, i'm sorry um it was um the it was the elite hangman page young bucks kenny omega kenny omega versus lucha bros and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, great showing by Butcher and the Blade. Dude, they but are... Great showing by everyone, though. The Butcher and the Blade are looking really good. They don't look like jabrones like they did the first couple weeks. Um, no. They show that they have a mean streak. 
I feel like the Butcher, uh, in particular, Andrew Williams, um, he's kind of new to wrestling. He hasn't been doing it for too long. But he has the big man power down. Like He's got the look. And he's got the look. He's got the he look of being has a, look. a fucking mean like dad. dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real, like a dad. Um, yeah, um, I love the underlying story between Hangman and the Elite. Uh, but overall, the match was amazing. Uh, Phoenix and just blows my socks off every time. Every time I see them, um, what did you think, Dick? Overall, great match. Um, like you said, Phoenix and Pentagon, especially Phoenix. He always he pleases. He always amazes me. No matter what he does, he always amazes me. A lot of creative offense in this match. Um, after the match, Kenny and the Young Bucks are celebrating, and Hangman's just kind of. During the match, he didn't want to actually. Tag it out. was um, it was uh, the butcher and the blade did they um that that hills actually won. Hangman was trying to um tag in Omega. Omega got swept up, I believe, by the blade, and he sees the bucks there, but he refuses to tag in the bucks. He says, "I got it. I got it." Only to eat a um pa- package power ball, a package power driver, um combination from the Lucha Bros for the pin. Yeah. No. I, what I meant to say was during the match they were celebrating. They all did dives and they were all like trying to fire up the crowd. And the Hangman was just looking at them like, I don't. It's whatever. yeah. You, didn't you, want to you could definitely them. see like, especially in this match, the tension amongst Hangman. And well, I don't want to say tension, but like you could tell Hangman doesn't want to associate himself with the elite more than ever, especially in this match. Yeah. Um. So, and then right after that, Tony Schiavone is interviewing Kenny Omega in the ring and uh, Pac interrupts and kind of is just like uh i'll see you you want to have a match with me and then he has rio backstage he's like what do you think about now you think about the things i can do to her agree to this match so kenny's like yeah you got it i'll i'll, I'll, I'll we'll have the match and then she, he's like now you know normally i would do something bad but i'm a bastard i'm not a beast and then out comes nyla rose and she power bombs her through a table um oh. uh, i i mean given i never want anything bad to happen to rio but um uh, they effectively have three storylines in this one segment that are all going on and they're, they're all, all intertwining. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I love what they do. Um, so now we're going to get Nyla Rose versus Riho, I think, next week for the women's championship. Uh, That's right. It's going to be exciting. Um, but that was pretty much AEW in a nutshell. <laughs> ba- baby nut. Hashtag baby nut. They Baby are nut. so much better at telling stories. Like I don't know everything that I've seen. Like because I've been, I've been, I'm mostly following AEW as of late, but it seems like they have their stories down. I know that I because I've been listening to uh, Store Horseman. They yeah. talk a lot of shit on AEW, and I don't even understand it. It's a hipster thing to do is to hate on AEW. I feel like there's there's definitely wrestling hipsters. Yeah, um, definitely. And I definitely get that vibe whenever I hear this. I I, I haven't listened in a while because I. I don't like what they do. Yeah. Um, all the time. A lot of times I do. But anyways. Um, but there's definitely a... Because everyone likes it, I'm not going to like it kind of vibe. It's, that's kind of what I get from Vi- Byron, too. Yeah. It's, you know, everyone... Oh, it's it's the like the, the, smart, the smart marks like it, so I don't like it. Exactly. That's, I'm, that's I'm not like I, them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, th- I think their storylines are so much better. They They know how to, like intertwine these like stories with groups of people rather than just like Segment, one or two you know promo people. backstage beat yeah it's it's very like linear with wwe with with aw it's all over the place like i'm still wondering what's going to happen with the elite because there's they're still losing like they're not on this kind of win streak 
Yeah, I mean, look at Kenny and Hangman. There's a lot of tension there. Um, and now the Bucks are going to, they're no more contenders for the titles. What's going to happen there? What's going to happen with, with that group? I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they've they've been trying to get the belts ever since they started this company, and they haven't, like, it hasn't happened. And then you have the Dark Order trying to trying to uh, recruit people. I love what they're doing with the Dark Order, by now, the way. Now they've, now they've actually did the right thing with the Dark Order to make them an established faction. When they first came on, they were like, they were like, who are they? Like they, they were laughable. No yeah, one really took them true. serious. Now they have these big nets, and I like that they're showing these big nets on Dynamite on a weekly basis. Like, wait, who is this group? And like, it, it, it makes you believe. It's just like they're they're parodying all these commercials that involve um the medications. Like you take like Viagra or Cialis or anything like that. I thought it was an actual heartburn commercial. Like we were a heartburn commercial. I was like ready to so, fast forward along those lines. And then I saw the guy, the the spokesman. And I was like, "Wait, this is a this is a dark order thing." And you're like, it "Yeah, it is." Yeah, I like how like they're they're building it now. It's all a work in progress. Not everything is 100 percent perfect with AEW. Yes, there are glaring problems. Not all storylines are great. Um, example being um the collect the the collect the collective order with with a brandy rose nightmare collective nightmare collective. I'm sorry, um, didn't quite work out. It's not really. Uh, not really a great storyline that they're telling. It's kind of conflicting, especially since tor- since now we see Braddy walking out, comf- comf- um, comforting her husband during the lashes. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know that that was done. Um, and you actually t- got me smart to this. Um, I didn't know that Brandy was a like dropping the whole Nightmare Collective thing. Um, what's her name? Awesome Kong needs to go and re- uh, film Glow. So they right. they kayfabe injured her. Um, and you don't know this stuff because they don't show it on TV. Yeah. They they want you to go and watch Being the Elite. They want you to watch AEW Dark. Yeah. And I think that's not only just a problem with AEW, but also with um with dressing in general. They want you to go to social media to to tell a story. I mean, I I get it. You only have a certain amount of time. You have only have two hours slotted to show to tell a story. And you can't really tell all these stories in that time frame. Um, look at Joey Janela and Kip Sabian, like. No one's really invested in that storyline because a lot of the stuff they do after, like on dark, on dark, or which on maybe that will help AW once they get their second show going. But maybe so. I mean, I, I think maybe maybe that's what they need to do is maybe have dark on TV. Maybe it'll help them. Maybe it'll hurt them. We we really don't know. It's really too early to tell. Or at least you know, be like this happened on dark. Uh, you know what I mean? Like kind of if something happens on SmackDown, or. You know, when, when they were doing the whole Raw SmackDown uh-huh. thing, anything that happened on Raw, like, they talked about on SmackDown. Like, if you missed what happened on Monday night, here's what happened. They bring everyone up to speed. I feel like they could do that here. Like, if you guys missed what happened on Dark, this is what happened, and this is why this is important, and this this is why these two guys are feuding, uh, rather than just kind of saying, if you missed Dark, go watch it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely are missing uh, a key factor in, in their show. And AEW's not perfect. I'm, I'm, I b- believe me. I'll be the first one to find holes in their in their product, which yeah. we've gone at lengths with and talked about um, the things that they're doing wrong. <laughs> but they do a lot more right. I feel like. Um, also, double or nothing is coming back to Las Vegas Memorial Day weekend. Yes, that's something we we didn't quite mention yet, but they did announce it live uh, this week on Dynamite, um, May twenty third. I want to say it was yeah. definitely it's Memorial Day weekend, so that's whatever that Saturday is going to be that weekend. That day it's going to fall on. It's going to be coming back to Vegas. Um, tickets go on sale on Valentine's Day. I'm looking forward to that weekend in general, especially to Double or Nothing. And if I'm AEW, definitely make this a yearly tradition. You definitely want, and I think they have a great idea as far as 
having these holidays, especially having um, Memorial Day for Double or Nothing, Labor Day having it for uh, All Out, take advantage of these holiday weekends, and that way yeah. you can attract a crowd. Exactly. Um, it's going to be another madhouse. Punk Rock Bowling is that same weekend. It's Memorial that's, Day weekend. That's right, and, and I'm sure a lot of other events are happening that weekend, too. Tickets go on sale next Friday. Uh, we're going to have to be there bright and early to, to buy those tickets because... Yes, it's uh, gonna happen. It needs to happen again. Last last year was so much fun, dude. It was so much fun. Maybe I not died. get so wasted. I died. So I, I'd like to remember most of the what happens, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Let's, let's if you die. see Andrew in the crowd, buy him drinks, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, you buy, if you see any of us in the crowd, buy us drinks. Um, but yeah, with that said, I think I think you got guys got anything else to say? No, that's pretty much it. Bobby is great to no. see you. It's great I, to hear I, voice. I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. We will cover anything big that happens on SmackDown next week. Um, but until then, just remember, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your friends' neighbors. We're available on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, uh, iTunes, wherever you find your downloads, you can find us. And tell your friends, listen to the Put Me Over podcast because they are the new, 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 new world order of professional podcasting. And they will catch you next week. <laughs>